0: you
1: got a heart so big, it can crush this town, and I can't hold out forever, even won't fall down. Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by Geek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin panic and the Giants made another splash. They have traded for tight end Darren Waller from the Raiders for round three pick 100 in the draft. The comp pick in the cadets, Tony Trade. And Justin, I'm excited. This guy is an amazing, great player. Like, he is a phenomenal football player. He still is. Then there is there is some questions with injuries and stuff, which we're going to hit this from every angle like we always do. But this guy is an amazing, amazing football player. And he's on the Giants.
0: He's on the Giants, man. I am really, really, really excited about this, man. Joe Shane from the top rope. What a move. Uh, basically swapped. Kadarius Tony and Darren Waller. Those two players were basically swapped. And the Giants got uh, a six-round pick uh, out of that, too. So when you look back on Kadarius Toney, it's got it. Darren Waller plus a six-round pick for him. So this is an... Okay, let's go type of move without it having the all in type of investment, which is absolutely awesome. And there came a point where after the dust settled sometime today, Bobby, where I was just sitting down and grinning about what Mike Kafka and Brian Dable can do with the athlete that Darren Waller is. Not hoping the player can come in and save the franchise, right? Like, you know, we hope that Kenny Galladay can come in and just save the Giants offense a couple years ago. But hopefully, Darren Waller should just be exactly the type of player who he is. Forget about the 2019-2020 run where he had almost 200 catches and almost 2.4K yards, which I think was like only behind Travis Kelsey during those two years. Waller at his 2021 and 2022 self is already a massive upgrade for this Giants team. So I think the biggest down the biggest downside of this whole thing, Bobby, is that he isn't healthy and doesn't produce. That's the biggest downside. It's not that the Giants have invested years or a ton of money and/or a ton of draft picks into him. And if he hits, that makes it even more awesome.
1: Like you said, there's very little investment into this, um, and the only the only I got really excited. When I saw Saul's contract because his contract has no dead cap after this year you know like the cap hits for the next four years are 11.8 11.7 13 and 15 but there is no guaranteed money after the season yeah. like they not may a, need to not a penny they like, may they, need may, to they push, may move stuff yeah. around but there's not a right now there is not a penny invested uh past this season and again it comes as a third round comp pick which again is valuable not the most valuable asset in the world but a valuable asset um but it's more likely than not that that pick would have turned into a average or subpar player or even a bad player now there's a chance you get a guy like daniel bellinger out of it but even then uh or you get a freak and you get a star like those happen every once in a while too but they have a third round pick eight picks before so if they identify a star it should happen with that pick um it's just but he's a phenomenal player and he still is like he has not fallen off as a player. The injuries are the question mark and they are little nagging injuries that he continues to get.
0: Yeah, I think it was a hamstring ankle and maybe and, and something with his knee in 2021, I think. But um, Bobby, let's talk about him as a player. This is what we do. It's what we do best. I have stats. You have film. Uh, tell me about this quick as heck. Darren Waller, man.
1: His film is like I said, it's phenomenal. Like it is since we've been doing this, this is for giants editions, just flat out best film I've seen for a giants edition. And, and that includes like college guys playing against college players. Um, obviously we know about his speed, like his speed is flat out insane. And he is a big play machine at the tight end spot. And even missing Justin's eight, uh, um, eight games this year, he still led the uh, league for tight ends for 20-plus yard air catches this year was seven. And that's missing eight games this year. So, when I watched all his, not all, most of his film from this year, and then I did a Giants game from 2021, um, the speed, the athleticism is fully still there. And here's what impressed me the most is this guy's not just, oh, he's fast, he's big. I went, I watched him go up in man coverage versus Minka Fitzpatrick, Derwin James, James Bradbury, Fred Warner, and he cooked these guys. He cooked them consistently. And man coverage, press man, off coverage with double teams. Like he consistently uh, killed these guys, you know. And he wins quickly off the release. He knows how to tempo his routes to where it's not. He's not just like going full speed and running into holes and in, uh, open space and zone. There's times for that. But, like, he knows how to get into his release and stack corners and safeties at an elite, elite, elite level. Um, so, you have a guy who can beat man coverage, which the Giants really have not had that. Or at least not someone that can beat man coverage consistently. Uh and I'm telling you, like it was, it wasn't like he beat these guys here and there. Every time when he was lo- matched up in these guys in man coverage, he beat them. With Minka Fitzpatrick, they were double teaming him, and he had that big ra- uh, catch on the corner route where they were double teaming him. Uh, Derek Carr missed him in the end zone where he was essentially triple team, but they were it was, it was triple full bra- it, You know, he was bracketed, and then the safety came over the top. He won that battle. Um, and it just comes with like again, his releases off the line of scrimmage are tempered and quick, and he knows how to stack a corner or safety whoever quickly. Um, and when he's working verse zone, he knows how to work leverage, whether that's in the quick game or down the field. Um, and guess what? When you do throw the ball, not so great. He can adjust to it, and he makes some tough catches to go up to the ladder, uh, go up up the ladder for them, or just adjusting his body towards you know bat badly thrown passes and he does it consistently um and then you get the the aspect that i think he's going to be schemed the best that he's open, the best that it's ever happened in his career i really do think the giants are going to have that for him and when you're running play action waller's going to put a lot of stress on linebackers and that's going to help the run game um and when you're playing zone coverage, if there's protection, eventually he's going to outrun your zone coverage and find a hole in the zone. And even if it's a tight throw, he's going to make some tough, uh, tough catches. He is, again, he is a phenomenal player that is, is basically unstoppable in the receiving game.
0: Yeah, and again, I, w- I want to reiterate, like Darren Waller, at least my expectations, Bobby – Darren Waller, I'm not expecting him to come in here and save the Giants offense. And, I, you know, I have a bunch of stats here on how Darren Waller has been, you know, one of the best receiving tight ends in the National Football League since 2019. And then I even have his 20 plus yard catches by year. And even in games where he's played 11 games and nine games less, two years, respectively, he's had like more 20 plus yard catches than like all of the Giants receivers. So I'm not coming. In, I'm not thinking that Darren Waller is going to come in here and save the Giants offense. But, but. Man, am I so, 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 so excited to see what Brian Dable and Mike Kafka have for him. Think of how Daniel Bellinger was schemed wide open, especially inside the inside the red zone this year, was schemed wide open for some plays inside the red zone for some big plays this year, um, you know, with those play action rollouts. And, you know, there was a point in the year where they were really kind of, you know, they were kind of hitting the play action rollouts a little too heavy and a little too hard. It was getting a little little bit too repetitive but when you add somebody with the dynamic play speed that waller has it is so so exciting and i'm so pumped to see what those two guys have planned for an athlete like darren waller
1: yeah and again he wins and everything you're going to ask him to do in the receiving game he's going to win if it's hey we're going to line up in 11 drop back play beat man coverage Awesome. They're going to play zone against you. All right, I'm going to work the quick game and then if we get protection, I'm going to beat these guys with deep pa- uh deeper passes. Like you said, play action, no one's going to be better than him uh, you know, on those crosser routes. By the way, the Raiders and the the Raiders basically like spammed seams and and over routes with him. It was just crosser route seam, crosser route seam. Um and obviously the Giants want are gonna want to do that with him. We didn't see any seams from the tight ends this year, but we better we sure as hell better see them this season. Um you know. So it just kind of he he is a player where no matter what you do as a defense, he has an answer for it.
0: Yeah, and I have some stats on, you know, him running those crossing patterns over the middle of the field, but first um, Darren Waller has averaged 2.2 yards per route run since 2019. That is the fourth most among tight ends with a minimum of 800 routes. So he's been a top five receiving tight end in the National Football League since 2019. Uh, Waller had 50 receptions on crossing routes over that same time frame since 2019. This is all according to Next NextGen. Uh, that's the third most among tight ends. And Daniel Jones, he targeted crossing patterns at the third highest rate in the NFL last season at 16.9%. Overall, Darren Waller has caught uh 16.3 receptions over expectations over the last 4 seasons. That is an insane number, trailing only George Kittle at his position. So, you know, like Bobby's been like Bobby said, if there's a ball that's thrown up to Darren Waller, he's going to go up, he's going to get it, he's going to secure it, he's going to come down with it
1: consistently too and that's another thing is he has very solid hands he doesn't drop passes or at least like the four games of film i went to he didn't drop a single pass um and, the, and there was some tough catches and and again it, the, the production shows it obviously he, he's missed games and we sh- and we need to talk about the downside of this and the injury worries but the guy put up 1200 yards on 107 catches in 2020 he was on pace for i think he was on pace for another thousand yard receiving season uh in 2021 um you know this past year i hate josh mcdaniels by the way like josh mcdaniels lined him out split him out more uh than uh he ever had been in his career in fact he'll split out more than he was put at tight end um and i just thought they didn't value him like they should um so this year he was on page for only 750 yards but again he's still the same player and then uh in 2021 he was on pace for over a thousand yards. Yeah. So he's yeah. he's a consistently like a, a thousand yard producer on pace. Yeah. Um and what you... this
0: and what this giants offense desperately needs, Bobby, is they need explosive plays, right? I mean, and I think that's one of the main reasons. Not the only reason, but I think it's one of the main reasons why Darren Waller is a giant. Darren Waller, twenty plus yard catches by year, 2019-14, 2020-16. This is kind of what impresses me. 2021 he had 13 in 11 games 2022 this year he had nine in nine games and a lot of those came against like making Fitzpatrick in that in double coverage against Pittsburgh I think he had a 20 plus yard catch there um he had I think two 20 plus yard catches against the Chargers he had three against the 49ers a really solid good defense with really solid secondary the second best
1: defense in the NFL I believe or the best maybe
0: So he played, you know, in that one game, he had three 20-plus-yard catches. Darius Slayton, let's make this clear. So, again, 13 20-plus-yard catches in 11 games in 2021, nine catches of 20-plus yards in 2022. Darius Slayton had 12 this year. No other Giants player had more than three receiving plays of 20-plus yards in 2022. Even I'm kind of penciling in my brain, Bobby, that Darren Waller is probably going to miss four or five games this year. But even Darren Waller only playing 10, 11, 12 games for the New York Football Giants this year is going to be an insanely massive upgrade, especially in the explosive play department, than any other option that the Giants has had within the last few years, and especially when you consider the scheme that the Giants now have,
1: too. I don't want to pencil him in for missing games. I I get what you're saying. I just... Like,
0: expectations in my brain. I'm not rooting for that, obviously. But in my brain, I'm just kind of – I'm, like, not putting it in a pen, but I'm, like, penciling it in that, yeah, I think he's going to miss a few games.
1: Right. So let's talk about the investment and the downside of this. So the investment, obviously, is round three pick uh, pick 100. You know, the pick they got from the Chiefs for Kadarius, Tony. Um, And the contract, which is $11.8 million this year – No guaranteed money after this year, but he is going to be 31 when the season starts. Um, here's how it can be a negative: is that the injuries are really bad and he's missing lots of games, like he's missing, you know, 10 plus games consistently and just never consist, never consistently on the field. But here's why: for a team that is this is this is a win now move, and and this is why I don't mind this move now is because even if it bottoms out and it goes, you get worst case scenario where he's not consistently on the field, Justin. You didn't invest very much. Again, contract wise, you're not investing anything after this year. And and then draft pick wise, round three pick 100. Uh, I want to have that pick, but I'm not going to cling to the round three pick 100 for a guy who at this point is still top three at his position.
0: Yeah, I 100 percent agree. 100 percent agree.
1: Like the again, the worst case scenario, we're we're reevaluating this in two years. We're doing the Giants Cut Darren Waller episode. I don't think we're looking back at that and being like we're looking back at the Kenny Galladay like no nowhere near the Kenny Galladay. This is like fifteen no. percent of the investment of the Kenny Galladay contract. Um one, just six million dollars less on an average annual value basis, no guaranteed money after this year. Um and he's just a better, much better player than Kenny Galladay. But I, I just I I don't see us looking back at hindsight and being like we shouldn't have liked that move.
0: Yeah, like I said it at the start. The only thing that will suck is that if it doesn't work and he's and he's hurt and then it's like, damn, it just didn't work. I don't think we're gonna be kicking ourselves over the money that we owe him. Or I the 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 pick one hundred can turn into a stud and great for, you know, the Raiders if they if they draft a stud, right? But I won't. I won't be losing sleep over that necessarily.
1: Yeah, I mean, re- listen. Yeah, that is like f- that is the negative side. Like two years from now, I'll be like, hey, a team that wasn't a Super Bowl contender this year made a win now move and traded away a top one hundred pick, literally the one hundredth pick uh, in the draft. Um, but I can't even play like good radio right
0: now and be like, yeah, hey, you know what? You're right there where uh, there could be a down. I- There's there's not. also
1: it's investing in Daniel Jones <laughs> Yes, and it, and it, and it puts a lot less stress on the let, rest of this off season with wide receiver additions where it's like you, you, you have a playmaker, you have a flat out top of the league playmaker on your roster. Now, if he misses games, we're back in this crappy cycle of, of the Daniel Jones conversation. Um, so, and, and I think the Giants are going to add a wide receiver right. at some point, whether that's through the draft or, or in free agency while you're listening yeah. to this.
0: But also you have so. to be realistic, too, where the cream of the crop guys in the National Football League don't just become available, right?
1: And or not if, for this pick either.
0: Correct, correct. Uh, you know, and not, not for this little investment, like you just said. You know, the, the cream of the crop weapons in the National Football League are being locked up by their teams or teams like the Miami Dolphins are giving up a King's ransom for the opportunity to extend Tyree Killing, then give him one of the biggest wide receiver contracts ever. That's what's happening, and the Giants are not in a position to do either of those things, whether it's give up a massive haul in a trade, and then therefore give a massive contract extension to a top-of-the-tier wide receiver. Now, hey, I don't know what could happen. Apparently, the Giants aren't done, and I'm not I'm not going to be... A, uh, I'm not gonna be holding my breath uh, on on a what, what's tomorrow Wednesday. I'm not gonna be holding
1: my breath on Wednesday. Wait, you know, waiting for a move because it may come. And what gives me a little bit of security, Justin, is the fact that he did come back last year at the end of the season, and he was amazing still. Like he didn't lose a single step. Like he's he's very clearly still an amazing, great player. And again, we saw that at the end of the season in a lost season where they benched Derek Carr, playing Stidham. You know, like he was playing with Stidham uh, those last couple of weeks of the year, and he was a top tier player, like top of the top of the league, best tight end in the league besides Travis Kelsey type player. So that's what again. I think this is this is a very low risk and extremely high reward signing or trade. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um... It just comes down to the coach. It comes down to the coaching staff. I don't want them being as stubborn as they were last year to to not push the ball down the field. They got to push the ball down the field, Um, you know. And and that's trusting. This is how you trust Daniel Jones more by giving him weapons, giving him weapons like this. And I was really surprised to see how consistently, you know, I I told you about Darren Waller's, uh, you know, twenty plus yard catches by year. But here's his deep targets rankings by year uh, when it comes to tight ends. So 2019, he was fourth. 2020, it was second. 2021, it was second. And then 2022, first. Despite only playing nine games, Darren Waller had the most targets, 20 plus CR targets in the National Football League for for all tight ends. Uh, and this is a dude that's really fast. He has yak. Oh, Bobby Skinner just jumped. What was
1: that? There was a wreck at the finish line. We finished second by .04 seconds. Oh, no. Our Talking Giants, number 84 truck, Anthony Calantoni. Oh, no. We were in fourth place. I was like, they're going to wreck. First and second is going to wreck. Maybe the, it, it was whatever it was. It was close. Like the di- the difference is 0.04 seconds. So we'll see. Oh, damn. What ended up happening. Yeah. Why don't you talk to us about. uh While, while I'm trying to sort this out. Because I'm going to be honest. I'm very distracted right now. Yeah. Why don't you talk to us about who Michael Natty. Not Natty Light. But just Natty and Christian Martinez. Blake Blake Martinez's brother who heard us talking about so much on the last pod. Who are these people, Justin?
0: Yeah, they went over to patreon.com slash talking giants. And for two dollars a month plus some other tiers, you get to hang out with us live while we record the shows. You get to hear Bobby talk about film. You get to me. you get to hear me talk about stats. And you get to hear the episode before anybody else does, which I mean, hey, I think that's quite a benefit within itself. Bobby Skinner will also send you some stickers in the mail, and there's some shirt raffles uh that happen twice a month and then while Bobby Skinner's still dis- distracted I want to I want to tell you I want you to go back to the 2019 season. Yeah, Darren Waller, you could say that he's lost maybe a step or two from the 2019 season. But I want you to go back to the 2019 season. There was a play that it was against the Broncos. It was a it was a 3rd and 9 deep in the Raiders' own territory. Darren Waller had a 75 yard catch. So I want you to go back to that play and I want you to and I want you to watch it. So that play, that 75-yard reception that Darren Waller had on a 3rd and 9 against the Broncos in 2019. This play had the second most yards after the catch over expected from the 2019 season according to the Next Gen. The play was expected to go for 19 yards. It was a screen play. Screen on a 3rd and 9. You they shouldn't get that right. Darren Waller makes it 75 yards plus 62 yak above expected. He also hit. This is the more impressive part. He also hit a top speed of 21.76 miles per hour on that play as well. You want to know what Saquon Barkley's top speed play from the 2021 season was? Or excuse me, from the 2019 season was? It was 21.89 miles per hour. Basically, Darren Waller and Saquon Barkley's top speed from 2019 was the same exact speed. The top speed of 21.76 miles per hour was the eighth fastest speed from the 2019. 19 season. Yeah, I'm excited to see Darren Waller's speed be utilized in this offense, and this coaching staff has to be committed to using it.
1: And you mentioned that play was on third down. He makes third down a lot different of a down for the Giants, where again, one, he's six foot six. Who are you going to use to cover him? you going to put a safety on him? Are you going to work zone coverage? Because he'll beat that. If you're, if you're trying to sit and jump on routes, he's going to beat you on an over route. If you're playing man coverage, he's gonna beat you. If you're playing off man coverage, he's gonna open up your hits and hit a curl route. Like he's a wide receiver. Like he just makes everything so much better on every down. Um except for running downs. Do we want to talk talk about the the net the one negative part of his game?
0: Uh can I read an ad
1: first? Yeah.
0: This episode, today's episode, it is sponsored by SeatGeek, baseball is back. Oh, yeah, it is. And to celebrate, SeatGeek is giving you a special offer. Our fans, they're giving you, our fans, a special offer. Use code JOHNBOYPRESEASON for 15% off your order, whether you are a first-time buyer or not. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're a ticketing app that makes buying Tickets, super simple. SeatGeek, they put tickets from all over the web in one place to make buying simple, and they rate every ticket from 0 to 10 to make sure you are getting a good deal. This code works on, on tickets to anything, and it does not matter how many times you have bought tickets using SeatGeek before. John Boy Preseason is going to get you 15% off your next order. All one word. We've got the hookup for you right now. Use code John Boy preseason for 15% off tickets at Seek Geek, you'll be glad you did. Join me at uh, Martinsville, Virginia for the NASCAR race in Martinsville. And then join me at Charlotte Motor Speedway for the Coca-Cola 600 on Memorial Day weekend. And then use code John Boy Preseason.
1: Jimmy Johnson's racing in that race. Jimmy
0: Johnson's racing in that race. Jimmy Johnson is following me. Um, So, yeah, Bobby, there's a little bit of an interesting.
1: I started a NASCAR Twitter profile.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: You want to give it a plug? Give it a plug. It's just at Skinner Racing underscore
0: at Skinner Racing underscore go give it a follow. So yeah, Darren Waller blocking. Um th- really the only how is Darren Waller going to fit into everything? The only question where where it applies is him blocking cuz he's not very good at it.
1: Yeah, and if you've listened to this podcast for some time, you know how much of a premium I put on the having the ability to block as a tight end. But I've always left the 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 the, the butt in there as or the if as unless you are like top five receiver type player and that's what Darren Waller is so you'll accept it but it does make running the ball harder with him on the field like there's no doubt about it he was actually a better blocker under Gruden and I, I actually talked with Matt Holder and, and, and Sanji who both cover the Raiders about it because I was like the, his blocking reps aren't horrible like they're like Evan Ingram level in in those years with Gruden so maybe they put more an emphasis on it and then the blocking on this year's film was really bad like it was just very weak attempts at blocking and that is an issue like that is an issue like it's hard to run to your side you know and obviously they're going to split him out and, and use him a little different you know it's not a typical tight end where he's gonna he's gonna line up split out a minimum of you know, 35 to 40% of the time this past year was the first year it was over 50%. Uh, but it does make it difficult, but having a guy like Daniel Bellinger on the field helps it who you can, again, you can move both these guys around, throw some mis- misdirection, but it's, that is a negative to the offense. And it's a negative I hate having.
0: I propose this with Evan Ingram, um, when he while he was on the roster, and this is especially when we had Kyle Rudolph, and this is especially when we had Caden Smith on the team, and knowing that Evan Ingram was really injury was injury prone, there's series, sets of plays, few plays, maybe not series is maybe a stretch, but if there if there if there are certain game plans and there are certain games where we want to run the ball a little bit more, um, and maybe we want to utilize a blocking tight end more. That I'm okay with managing Darren Waller's reps.
1: The issue is, as is you give tendencies to the other team of like that, they're going to run out of this formation. They want to run out of this formation again. It's not every play, but that's just that was part of the Giants' success. Is like the, the tight ends; none of them were great receiving threats at the end of the day. So there, that's part of it too. But it's like there was never a formation where it's like, okay, this is their running formation. They're, they're Really, the only tendency they put on film that was like clear-cut is Marcus Johnson is on the field. They're probably going to run play-action with a deep post and an over route.
0: So do you think they resort back to what Josh McDaniels did this year and mainly have him line out out wide?
1: Not mainly, no. You, obviously, you're going to split him out there probably like 35% of the time, but part of his value as a receiver is lining up in line and and putting some heavier formations on the field having the threat of the run but I think it's it's got it's a lot of it's going to fall on 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 the tight end coach Andy Bischoff. that hey you got to put an emphasis on it put an emphasis on it. again it's, he's not going to become a good blocker but he was a better blocker than what he was this last year at, at one point in his career so put in uh you know hey this is not going to be something we're okay with you not being good at or being or at least like not putting any effort or being good like Close to manageable at was Andy Biscoff in Baltimore
0: while he was there.
1: I don't believe so.
0: Somebody was in Baltimore while Wink was. Uh Yeah, Um. Andy Biscoff was an offensive assistant with the Ravens 2016 to 2017. And Darren Waller was a Raider in 2016. So, yes, Andy Biscoff was there.
1: You just created a tweet for me.
0: I just created a tweet for you. Now I, I just I read Dan Duggan's article. One of the reasons why Darren Waller's career really took a little bit of time to kind of get off the ground, you know, he didn't have his first, th- basically his first season that he really participated in and really started was 2019, and that was his, you know, his first thousand yard season. Um, Struggled with alcohol, uh, alcohol usage, alcohol and substance abuse. Um, So 2015, 2016, played for the Ravens, was out, suspended, something with, you know, did not play at all in 2017. So he had a very, very late start to his career. Um, So the reason why he didn't play or have production in Baltimore may not necessarily be related to production uh, or talent. It was just related to he kind of just had stuff going on off the field. So Andy Biscoff is familiar with. Um, Darren Waller,
1: yeah, and but so be like that could be like a red flag to me. He's clean and sober now. Oh which yeah, is like, no,
0: that's not a uh, it's not a red flag. I'm not. I saying. I just wanted
1: to, because you know that's not. I guess most people know that story, but like that is like a true like like that. He's changed much, obviously for the better. Yeah. Um. You know. So and that's why like the injuries. Like, Ed, although he will be 31 this season, he's also didn't get as much wear and tear on, on his body that he would have had if he was a regular 31 year old. Right. 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 You know, where like he didn't, like you said, he, he didn't really play until 2019. Right. Right. Um, do, I mean, do we have anything else on this? I know it's a short episode, but it's an emergency pod because the giant signed freaking Darren Waller, baby.
0: Um, I have some stats from Doug analytics, uh, Remember we were talking about uh, over the course of the year about how the the, the Giants, their players and their scheme relative to their average depth of target were some of the best, had some of the highest catch rates in the National Football League. Well, Darren Waller also is kind of in a similar pool with having a very high catch rate relative to his average depth of target. Darren Waller had, a, and again, this is Doug Analytics, da, uh, Darren Waller had a 65.1% catch rate with an average depth of target of 13.4 yards this year. That is an average depth of target that is pretty high for him considering uh, you know some previous years, but it was a different scheme under Josh McDaniels where he was lined up a lot as a slot wide receiver, and, and he was flanked out wide. Only Devontae Parker had a higher catch rate and average depth of target greater than 12 and a half yards and then also if you look at Darren Waller's average separation numbers towards the nearest defender at the time of a catcher in completion solid it's solid especially when you consider that his average depth of target has been somewhat substantially higher for tight ends as the years have kind of gone
1: yeah again like he he missed eight games this year and led the league and and deep targets this year for tight ends led the league you know and, and as the league is trying to get small you know smaller tight ends and these speed type guys so Giants truly have an elite weapon the only question mark is can this elite weapon stay healthy like he is he is playmaker number 1 for this Giants offense more so than Saquon like he is like, he is better at his position than Saquon Barkley is at his position you know and and i mean if you're considering like wide receiver tight end like receiving weapons for Daniel Jones it's not even close Like who's who's the second best weapon that Daniel Jones has had for for him? Golden Tate,
0: Sterling (laughs) Shepard.
1: Yeah, I guess yeah. Either Golden Tate or Sterling Shepard.
0: Darius Slayton, twenty nineteen.
1: Even Golden Tate like averaged more yards per game that year too. Yeah, yeah. Um, This is huge. Yeah. So I mean, I am very, I am so excited now. Please, please, God. Please God, don't let this be like it's week fifteen and it's like Darren Waller has yet to score a touchdown. He's not like a guy who's like get, he's not like the Kenny Galladay. It's like this is the touchdown maker guy. He's just making big plays, guy. But like, don't do this to us. We cannot cannot have that.
0: I'm I'm really excited for camp.
1: Oh, he's gonna fly around. Uh-huh. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun down there. So. Uh-huh. Hopefully we get to, to get to talk to him and, and Bobby Okarake and and Rakeem uh Nunez rochez Rochez Noches.
0: Nacho. Um yeah, we could we share this with Patreon. We're uh are we friends with Bobby O'Karake? We're not friends. We're getting friendly.
1: We'll see. We'll see. I don't like getting friendly with new players. He followed us. Yeah, but I don't like getting friendly with new players, so play really well for the Giants and then then we could become friendly. Uh, That's the rule. Okay. All right. All right. That's an episode. We will be back on Friday. The Giants will have some signings even if it's minimum contracts bringing back Jihad War. We will be back Friday with a podcast. They could do
0: something big and crazy.
1: Imagine we have to do another emergency podcast but I I don't I don't see that that really the only thing that would warrant an emergency pod I think is trading for trading like the first round pick. Like, would trading for Jerry Judy warrant an emergency pod, or we, would we just wait till Friday? Uh,
0: I don't know. Jerry Judy? Yeah, we would have to do it. We would have to
1: do it. All right, well, we'll see you when we see you. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you when we see you. Until then, let's go Big Blue.